Good evening. We will begin on uh, number 86 out of the Christmas songbook. God rest ye merry gentlemen.
Let us begin our service in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our sermon text is found in, our scripture reading is found in Psalm 89, and we'll read verses 1 to 16. That's Psalm 89, verses 1 to 16. And we read in the name of Jesus. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I, said, I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Selah. And the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. For who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee or to thy faithfulness round about thee? Thou rulest the raging of the sea when the waves thereof arise. Thou stillest them. <coughs> Thou hast broken Rahab in pieces as one that is slain. Thou hast scattered thine enemies with thy strong arm. The heavens are thine, the earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. The north and the south, thou hast created them. Tabor and Hermon shall rejoice in thy name. Thou hast a mighty arm, strong in thy right hand, and high is thy right hand. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. And then in thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come before you this evening, thankful for this time that you have given us to gather together in fellowship around the hearing of your word. Oh Lord, we ask during, during this time that you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive this, these wonderful words of life, that as we reflect on this year that has gone by and the new year to come, we would ever be reminded of your faithfulness. And so be thankful for what you have provided for us in the past and be hopeful for what you will provide for us in the future. We ask, Lord, that you would be with all those who are on our prayer list, that you would give them peace and help, and that you would be with all those who mourn, especially the family and friends of Lucas Salguero, that you would bless them with the comfort of the gospel and the hope of eternal life. We commend this service, dear Father, into your care and keeping, and ask that in your mercy you would hear all of our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now hear us, Lord, as together we pray that most perfect prayer, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespass, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
sing um, the old year now hath passed away located in the blue book number 53 the of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is found in Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, and we'll read verses 1 to 8. And we read in the name of Jesus. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this, your word. We pray, sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Solomon writes these words observing God's creation and the order in which he has established. We remember that God created the heavens and the earth. He created the sun, the moon, and the stars, and we're even told that he separated the light from the darkness, 
and the light he called day, and the darkness he called night. And so that tells us that God even created time itself. Because unless God did that work, there would be no night and no day as we know it. There would be no time. And God, after he created everything, he looked down and saw that it was good. But then the fall happened, and something new entered into God's creation. Death. And now, since then, it seems like we human beings have been at war with not only the devil of the world and our own sinful flesh, but with time itself. Solomon speaks of all these times that have a place in life. But you notice that we have a kind of a strange relationship with it, don't we? When we're young, we cannot wait to be older. I remember knowing what it was like to be in first grade and looking at those big sixth graders that were running the school in my mind and thinking, I, what is that going to be like when I'm in sixth grade? And then when I finally got there, I was looking at the ninth graders, thinking, oh, man, I need to be in ninth grade before I really have arrived. And then you're in ninth grade, and it's like the seniors, they're the ones who really have it figured out. And then you realize that kids don't know anything and don't have anything figured out. And even the older you get, the more you're looking at things. Okay, when I get my driver's license, then it's going to be great. Okay, when I'm 18 and can buy cigarettes. Don't buy cigarettes. When I'm 21, when I have children, when I get married, then life will be good. And we're always looking forward in time to these future events that aren't certain. And then one day we wake up and we're 35 years old and have a wife and four kids. And yet we're still thinking about some future event that I'm going to have it all figured out. And I know I'm not the only one who thinks this way or deals with this. This is our human condition. Time marches on. My cousin, Carl Werkela, wrote a song called Time's a Train on Lightning Wheels. And it's a good song. I would urge you to uh, look it up and YouTube it if you get a chance. And the premise is, well, it's basically the chorus. The chorus is, time's a train on lightning wheels. The longer you're on, the faster it feels. When you look up, it's all downhill. Yes, time's a train on lightning wheels. You know, it's like you wake up one moment when you're gifted with perspective, and you realize that 10 years have gone by, or 20, or 40. I can't tell you, um, when I first got here, Cheryl was pregnant. I've been here nine years, and actually probably to the, almost to the hour. It feels like we rolled into town. Well, it was in like, we'll say probably, I think we rolled into town around 10 o'clock, and there were still people here eating pie. So nine years ago, that went by quick, didn't it? Yeah, my cousin was wise to say time is a train on lightning wheels. That the longer you're on, the faster it feels. Because I remember things used to take a long time too. I remember trying to sit through church and it felt like days. And now it's over. Now I stand up here and I'm, I, pro I feel like I've been up here for only a couple minutes. But you guys probably feels like I've been up here for an hour already. We have this very strange relationship with time. 
And I've been mulling over this today as I've been reflecting on this year that um, some of it is good and some of it not so good. Even in our work life, um, after our text, Solomon says, What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Essentially he says, what's the benefit of working? God makes all things new in his time. I've seen the burden that God has given to the sons of men. But God makes all things beautiful in his time. You know, it seems like in life we work to eat, where we work to make money so that we can eat, so that we can live another day, so that we can work and eat and live. It's like this cycle, and that's kind of what you see in our text, that there's every every, um, category of life, this is the same old routine, and it repeats itself for every generation over and over again. There are times of war, there are times of peace, there are times of rejoicing, there are times of harvesting, there are times that are of planting. Over and over, time marches on. And I think the main problem with it all is, is what came first, time or death? You see, death is what threw a wrench into all of this, because we were created in God's image. We were not created to die, but now that it's there... It really messes things up, doesn't it? Time wouldn't be our enemy if we didn't have an end. You notice Solomon says there's a time to be born and a time to die. Do we have control over either either one of those? We can't control when we got here, and we have no control over when we leave. And that's what rankles us the most. You see, the older I get, the more I'm convinced that our biggest problem is wanting to be like God, wanting to be in control, wanting to be the one who gets to make the hard choices. We don't want to have to trust someone else. We don't want to have to depend on anyone else. And by and large, it's because this world has trained us to know that we really can't. How many times have you been betrayed? How many times have you trusted someone who's broken your confidence? How many times have you been wounded or hurt? Over and over again it happens to us in this life. This world of sin has taught us that we're not to be able to trust anyone. And worst of all, we ourselves, with the way we act, prove that we are untrustworthy. How many times have you wounded someone? How many times have you betrayed someone? How many times have you broken someone's trust? How many times have you lied? How many times have you lashed out in anger? We're just as guilty as our neighbor is. And so not only is there the desire to be in control, but there's the fear of what's going to happen to us because we know how bad we really are. And yet, through it all, time just marches on. And the older and older we get, the closer and closer to death we get. And the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh will wreak havoc on that moment. Now every minute is a minute we are closer to dying. And that's a hard thing to take in. My friends, we don't have any control. 
over when we were born. It's not like you were given a, a time period to pick. I mean, if you were, you won the lottery because we're in the best time of human civilization. But you have to understand that you will not get to pick when you die either. God knows the number of your days. It's interesting, too, because there's times that um, the apostles talk about time. Um, listen to what Paul says in Galatians about God's relationship with time. It's, it's really interesting. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive adoption, the adoption of sons. So he talks about how we were in bondage, but that when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, Christmas. You see, this world tries to teach us and train us to think that this enemy of ours in death and time, the way it aids it, really it's the master over everything. But it's not, because time itself has a creator, God who stands outside of time. And it's mind-boggling to think about God being outside of time, being then able to interact in time, and there's something about the mystery of the incarnation that this feeble brain quite, can't quite grasp and lay hold of. But the fullness of time had come when Jesus was born. It was the right time. And God has a right time for each and every one of us. Because Romans tells us that God in all things works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. All of the events in your life, God, behind them, behind the scenes, is working for your good. This is why Paul can say we rejoice in our sufferings, because suffering works patience, and patience works experience, and experience works hope, because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Because everything that happens to us, whether it be good or whether it be bad, we belong to the Lord. And he is forging in us a faith that will endure to eternal life. We spend so much of our time working for things that don't matter, that won't endure. We spend so much of our time focusing on things that really don't matter. And that's perhaps the biggest thing that we find with time is we don't use it wisely. God has gifted us with every single day that we have lived. Before the service, I had this bright idea to try and count all the ceiling tiles. I didn't get there. But I thought it would be cool to be able to do the math and tell you, like, if each of those squares represented a period of years, like where we're at in our lives. It didn't work out because I couldn't do the math fast enough. All I know is that there's 28 from there to there, and I might have even counted wrong. But you can look up at those squares, and you can see perhaps in them, a picture of your life. 
and a picture of your years, your months, your days, however you want to decide that. And for some of us, we might imagine that we're closer to the end than others and that the time that we have left is short. But that would really be the wrong way to think about it. The psalmist says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And in thinking about this message and thinking about the coming new year, it strikes me that the psalmist says, I will rejoice in this day that the Lord has given me. Without care for what has happened before and without fear of what might happen tomorrow. But I will rejoice in the day that God has given me today. Because every day of your life, no matter how bad or how good, is a gift from your Heavenly Father. And we don't have to fight time. We can actually harness it. We can take hold of it. And we can begin to use our time wisely, being around the Lord's word, partaking of his sacraments, singing praises to him, serving our neighbor, helping the poor. All of us seem to be working for, um, for a legacy. There's an old country music song. I, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, part of the chorus is um, the guy says, um, it's not, it's not what you take when you leave this world behind you, but what you leave behind you when you go. It seems like people in this world spend all of their life trying to live forever and memory and achievements and accomplishments. We think of like the greatest people in our country's history, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, all of these great men whose names we remember hundreds of years later. Or we could go back further in history and remember Martin Luther or Philip Melanchthon or St. Augustine or St. Irenaeus, the church fathers, or Polycarp of Smyrna or Ignatius. But who are they to you? And we trick ourselves into thinking that if we could accomplish something worth remembering, then people would remember us. But that's a fool's errand. We don't need to be remembered by people. Even our children. You know, I, you sometimes think, well, my children will remember me. Well, yeah, your kids will. And your grandchildren. But your great-grandchildren, hmm, that might be more risky. I remember one of my great-grandparents. I never met the other one. I remember their names. But what good does that do them? Nothing. The most important thing, and it's something that we lose sight of, is the fact that God remembers us, that God knows us, that God holds us, that God has a plan for us, even in uncertain times, even when we're old and we think we're at the end of our rope and our time is almost up. God is with us. That's the message of Christmas. And so we can face this new year, no matter what, even if we think it might be good or if we think we might, it might be bad, because we will not face it alone. We will face it with God, with our Lord and our Savior, who dwells within us, and with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we can meet the days ahead in the full and certain hope that one day we will die, but that just like our Lord, we will not stay dead, 
when the fullness of time comes and God deems it right, we will rise and inherit eternal life. And so be at peace today, dear Christian, because to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens. And the one who made time is your Savior, and he knows your time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us bow our heads in a word of prayer. Lord, make us to know the end and the measure of our days, that we may know how frail we are. Another year of our pilgrimage has passed. We are a year nearer to our death, nearer to judgment, nearer to eternal life with Christ our Lord. Where shall we run as the sins of the past year and the transgressions of all our years rise to condemn us? Lord, to you alone we flee for refuge in these last hours of the waning year. For the sake of your own Son, whom you sent to be the Savior of all men, be gracious to us and pardon our iniquity. Trusting in the merits of our Savior, we come boldly to your throne of grace in full confidence that there we shall obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. O oh, satisfy us early with your mercy that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Let us in a manner befitting a child of God conclude the old year and begin the new, a year in which you would be pleased to dwell among us continually in your goodness and means of grace. For the sake of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Announcements for this week. Uh, Wednesday night, there's Bible study at 7. And next Sunday is a communion service at 10.30. Potluck lunch with group 8 serving. And Sunday school resumes at 9.15 next Sunday. The fundraiser for Jamie Ajo is planned for Sunday, January 28th. There's a sign-up sheet in the fellowship hall for those that can help. And coffee following our last song. The next hymn is number 55, Jesus, Lord and Precious Savior. Jesus in God. 
Yeah.